so often throughout the course of history, patriots rise up at a time of need for truth and freedom. These people are called disciples of liberty for their undying love of freedom. The call has been sounded. Will you answer that call or sit back and let freedom die away? Unifying patriots everywhere against the evil trying to destroy America's freedom. You're listening to the Disciples of Liberty radio show on the America Out Loud Network. Now here's your host, Tim Alders. Born free. That's the majority of us here in America. We were born free. Starting off this 2022, I want to sort of refresh everybody to why I do this. You know, this nation, America, the country we live in, it's always been great. It's been great because of people like you, the citizens of this nation. Life tends to lead us in different directions. But these last few days before uh, the year ended, I keep having this impression that we need to unite like never before. I don't know about you, but I do a lot of self-pondering, self-reflection, and I ask myself often what legacy I want to leave behind to my children. How do I want to be remembered? You see, people aren't remembered for their thoughts. It's their actions that defines a person's character. I hope that someday when my children, if they have grandchildren, reflect on me, that I'm remembered as a person who fought to protect our great country and the God-given rights spelled out in our Constitution on behalf of all Americans. As we are all brutally aware of, there are people all across the country, all across the world, who would try and paint the people who listen to shows like this as radicals, right-wing nutjobs, or worse, But labels are not what I'm going to allow to define me, and it shouldn't define you. We will not allow them to distract us from our mission of being a disciple of liberty and fighting for the cause of freedom out there in our nation. Some will even try to say that we lack compassion and understanding of the issues. My answer to those is I have compassion and understanding and even love. I believe in equal rights for all law-abiding legal citizens, special rights for none. And that's what separates us from the others, is they want special rights. They wanted to be treated differently because they just feel they should have one up on us. Some people will tell you that patriotism is old-fashioned. Some think that love of one's country is out of date. Some consider the slightest show of sentimentality towards one homeland to be naive. But God help us and God help our country if the cynics, the one-worlder, the intellectual uh, delentants even persuade us that these things have passed us by. Because ladies and gentlemen, patriotism, loyalty, sediment, these are things that built America. These are the things that made the United States of America great. In my lifetime, I've seen America grow and change. I've seen her stand tall and I've seen her brought low. I've seen the best that America has to offer, and in recent years, I've seen the worst. 
but she's my America. She's your America. She's our America. And she will be our America again if we don't lose hope and lose sight of what America is all about. Come what may, for better or worse, we are in this together. The left, the right, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you lean on. We are in this together. And the sooner we wake up to that reality, we wake up to to ending hatred, we wake up to not looking at color, we wake up to not looking at sex, we'll be a better nation. We have a habit here in America of forgetting what a grand and noble experiment she represented when our founding fathers first wrote the Declaration of Independence. And then the Constitution. We forget the sacrifices they made in property, in famine, and finally in their own blood. Sacrifices made so that we might freely come together like this to discuss and explore the possibility of peacefully riding our ship of state. We forget the sacrifices by those since that time. Sacrifices made again and again so that we might have the freedom to consider change. Revolutions or movements that demand change, they say, always begin in secret. We are not operating in the shadows, for we are proud to be a part of this defining moment in history, composed of so many who are willing to sacrifice so much for the defense of liberty in exploring peaceful change to what has befallen our beloved America. We speak not of revolt, but of fundamental change to our system, because that system now refuses to allow change by its own rules. It's broken. It is broken beyond repair. Something must be done. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? And if not here, then where? I have been struck throughout the last few years how similar we all are, regardless of outward appearances or rhetoric. Yet we cling to the minutest of differences in choosing to divide ourselves. The ties that bind us become our very excuse for dividing us. Think about it for a minute. Community, marriage, abortion, family, race, religion. Just a few of the reasons for our being together, yet excuses for bickering and fighting amongst ourselves. Many people in America today look to our politician in hopes of finding a person that will unite us. In return, these same politicians do their very best to distract and divide us. This is not real leadership. It's never been real leadership. Real leaders take risks. Don't forget, winners always are the real leaders. And winners are just losers who happen to get up off the floor one more time than when they fell down and just keep going. We're our own worst enemies in this nation. I ask you and people everywhere to join with me in pledging to set aside our differences in 2022. For now, while we set off on this quest to restore true freedom and greatness back to our country, and indeed, while we seek to restore even our republic, America has sailed well past even democracy, which our founding fathers warned us about, beyond oligarchy, and now well into the charted waters of tyranny and even fascism. History shows us accurately the rocks upon which America is about to founder, rocks painted with the names of injustice, unfairness, prejudice, tyranny, Many of us have had up-close and personal experiences with injustice, unfairness, and prejudice throughout our lives. 
but we shall remain steadfast in our common goals to restore America's constitutional republic. You know, America worked once as a constitutional republic. She can work again like that. Don't despair how difficult the road ahead might seem to be. The most important things in the world have been accomplished by people who kept on trying, even when there seemed to be no hope at all. The only real failure you have in life, you know, is giving up. I'm glad you're listening to this show. I hope you're sharing this show. I'm glad you've chosen to be a part of this great cause of America. I'm glad you're willing to risk so much to make a difference. I'm proud to call you friends. I look at you all as patriots. Please remember that we don't have to be the same. We don't have to have the same abilities. We don't have to share the same beliefs. Dare to be different, even from one another. I don't know the keys to success, but I do know that the key to failure is in trying to please everybody around you. And heaven knows I never managed to do that correctly. We all have a role to play, each and every one of us. Don't despair at your own talents. Listen closely about what I'm going to say right now in this moment. Don't try to be better than anybody else. Just try to be better than yourself. Do just that and they'll never break your spirit. They'll never silence you and they'll never take away your freedom. Together we can touch lives. Together we can make a difference. Together we can waken Americans everywhere. Together we can restore America and save her for future generations. Today we're exploring a simple process. We are looking at our nation in new light. We are looking at the enemies of our republic. And today we have a choice to make. Will we fight for our republic or will we bow down, drop to our knees, bow our head and let them put the chains of slavery on our bodies? We've already allowed them to chain our children with tremendous debt, debt that can never be repaid. $28 trillion from the 1980s when we were below $1 trillion. See, politicians, they've never gotten anything correctly. The only thing they're good at doing is spending money that don't exist, putting us in debt to keep your favor. They spend that money saying, listen, I'm bringing this to my state to help you. But does it ever really help you? I want you to reflect on your life in 2022 and 2021. Has your life gotten better since Joe Biden was elected? Has the economy gotten better? Has the people around you gotten more angry? Has COVID made more hatred exist in your family, in your friends, in your neighborhood, in your community? Everything that communism needs to succeed is happening now in the world. All you have to do is open your eyes and look. All you have to do is say, I'm not going to let that affect me. I don't care if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. I love you. I don't care if you are black or white or Latino or Asian. I love you. Yes, I might disagree with you. I might disagree with your choice of lifestyle. I might disagree with how you abuse alcohol or cigarettes. I might disagree with your personality, but I love you. If we can get past our emotions and look to the future and look at what our country is and what our country once was and what our country can be again, and we can get past trusting politicians who have nothing better to do with their lives than to ruin yours, 
I think politicians are just miserable in general because they are miserable people who had a bad life and they're unhappy, so they want to pass that unhappiness with you. Same thing with Hollywood. Now, folks, I don't have all the answers in life, but we were a republic for a reason. And that reason was so that one group of people, one mass of people, cannot accumulate all their friends and demand injustice in your life. The day was 1787, September 18th, as recorded by James McHenry, a delegate to the Constitutional Convention from Maryland. At the close of the Constitutional Convention of 1787, Franklin was queried as he left the Independence Hall on the final day of deliberation. In the notes of Dr. James McHenry, one of the Maryland delegates to the convention, a lady named Mrs. Powell. Mrs. Powell asked one of the most important questions in history. She asked Dr. Franklin, well, doctor, what have we got, a republic or a monarchy? Franklin replied, a republic if you can keep it. Why was Mrs. Powell asking that? Because there was talks among the delegates that George Washington should be king that we should make a monarchy like the one we just left in England, that we should have a king rule over us. And we decided against it. Now we have people who believe they're kings because they're elected. Our constitution created what was called a limited representative republic. A republic's different from a democracy. In a democracy, the majority can directly make laws. While in a republic, elected representatives make the laws... Basically, in a pure democracy, the majority has unlimited power. Whereas in a republic, a written constitution limits the majority and provides safeguards for the individual and minorities. This is what the Democrats want again. They want to just be able to make the laws. Our president wants to be able to make a mandate. The president has no written authority to make a law, to enforce a law, or to require you to put anything in your body. The founders' intent on the national level was a representative republic. The words democracy is not mentioned anywhere, anywhere in our founding documents. It's not mentioned in the Constitution. It's not mentioned anywhere that that's the form of government we have. Yet every politician you see on stage, every politician you see on TV says we need to protect our democracy. Most of the founders distrusted pure democracy. Some had been frightened by Shays' revolt and equated democracy with mob rule. Others were convinced by Madison that the different factions would come together until they formed a majority and then take advantage of those who were not members of their coalition. Exactly what the Black Lives Matter movement, what the liberals want to do. They want to come together, form a coalition, and take away your liberty. In fact, Madison showed that throughout history, this phenomenon had destroyed every experiment in democracy. No democratic society has ever survived, ever. John Adams wrote that there never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. And James Madison wrote in Federalist 10 that democracies have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. The reason pure democracies fail is that majorities learn that they can legally take property or liberties away from others. Look around your life. That's not what you're seeing today. 
You're saying people want to take liberties away from others. Those subjected to abuse can be anyone outside the majority coalition. And the minority status can be based on race, religion, wealth, political affiliation, or even which city or state you reside in. Leaders become adept at appealing to the emotion of jealousy, of the feeling of entitlement. They also degenerate opponents in order to justify prejudicial actions taken by the majority. Soon, oppression of minority clauses um, causes enough conflict to collapse the democratic process altogether. The major difference between a republic and a democracy is immediacy. The founders wanted laws made by representatives in order to put a buffer between popular passions of legislation and a democracy discussions are made in the heat of the moment. While periodic elections in a republic provide a cooling off period, to a great extent, democracies are ruled, ruled by feelings, emotion. While in a republic, the rule of law governs. In a republic, politicians can take principled actions that go against the will of many of their constituents with the knowledge that they will be judged by all the actions they take during their entire term in office. Political leaders are also given time to explain the reasons for their actions. But let's look at it. On why they do anything anymore in our government? Do we get to even read the bills or the legislation? Are decisions being made in our government today emotion-based? Second Amendment, school shootings, drives emotions, drives fear. COVID drives emotion, drives fear. Debt drives emotion, drives fear. It's pretty easy to understand why we drifted away from our republic, right? I mean, you make promises to people. You give them money. You start taking care of them. You give them welfare. Why work when government's giving me stuff? The founders warned us only a moral society could be a constitutional republic. All we have to do today is compare our early history with that of today and throughout the examples um, and look at how we have become an immoral society. Hatred drives an immoral society. And our founding fathers, don't get me wrong, they weren't the most exceptional people in the world. They weren't any smarter than you. They weren't brilliant. What made our founders exceptional is their ability to think outside the box, to read, to research, the exact same things I ask you to do. Don't take anybody's word on anything. Research it. When our founders started researching government, they used materials from others throughout history. In 1766, William Blackstone's commentaries on the law served as the legal reference to, for the founders, as well as many American lawyers. Read it. That's a good place for you to start. Blackstone's commentaries were deeply rooted in biblical principles, believe it or not. It's been said that Blackstone was the first to use the phrase, the laws of nature and nature's God. Now, it's unconstitutional for students to even see the Ten Commandments since they might read, meditate upon, respect, or obey them. Um, Stone versus Graham, 449 in 1980, um, has a ruling based on just that. 
And if you go all the way back to John Jay, the first chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, he said, unto him who is the author and giver of all good, I render sincere and humble thanks for his manifold and unmerited blessings, and especially for our redemption and salvation by his beloved son. And as far back as 1995, which isn't very far back, most of you are born or are living at that time, a district judge in Texas, Samuel B. Kent, decreed that any student saying the name of Jesus during school graduation ceremonies would be put in jail. Can you believe that, folks? Currently, the cross on Mount Soledad in San Diego is caught in the crosshairs of controversy. Apparently, it offends people. They don't care it's me or you or anybody else when did this offense based society happen that if it offends you you just get it get rid of it noah webster the founding father of american scholarships and education said in my view the christian religion is the most important and one of the few things in which all children under a free government ought to be instructed. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and be Catholic. I'm not telling you to go out and be Presbyterian or Lutheran. I'm telling you, you better have a belief deeper than in the government. Because if you don't have a belief in anything but government, you have issues. Students are being criticized when they read their Bibles in public or at school. Christianity's challenged, mocked. Patriotism is mocked and challenged and ridiculed, while most other beliefs are accepted and embraced. Sadly, in order to be politically correct, you have to withdraw all these statements. In fact, even Noah Webster's dictionary, scripture references has been withdrawn in recent publications. These are the words of the own man who created and was in in the founding of our nations and canceling his words, his words of faith and love and hope and freedom. The Delaware Constitution initially required that everyone appointed to public office must say, I do profess faith in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ and his only Son. Many other constitutions, such as Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, and Connecticut, all acknowledge their reliance on God, that God helped create their society. Now, if you try to run for office and profess a faith in Jesus, you're fanatical or extreme or criticized by the media. I don't know if you've heard of a gentleman named Dr. Benjamin Rush. Him and Thomas Jefferson wrote many letters back and forth. And in, in 1790... Um, he was also a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He said this about public schools. But the religion I mean to recommend in this place is that of the New Testament. These can go on and on, but I believe you get the picture. Benjamin Rush wanted religion taught side by side with the Constitution. Our founding fathers wanted religion taught side by side with the Constitution. Not any specific religion. And the freedom of religion means that our government's not there to say you're all Catholics or nothing, or you're all Presbyterians, or you're all Lutherans, or you're all Seventh-day Adventists, or you're all LDS. No, it's find a religion that fits If your religion is believing in the nature's God, 
that Blackstone first commented on and that nature created this world for us all to share? Fine. I'm not trying to demoralize you. What I'm trying to... And look at what's happening in our nation. They tell you that you have to accept whatever phrase they want. However, but they, on the other hand, don't want to accept religion. They don't want to accept freedom. They don't want to accept our republic. Is this a relationship that goes both ways, or is this a damaged relationship that we should ask for a divorce? Because, folks, I'm not happy with it. We allowed the 17th Amendment that took the power away from the states. This was an easy sell and one that should have never been offered to the people. People and politicians cannot resist power. That's why our nation was created with But we've lost that balance. The ability to speak civilly to one another. We have allowed hatred to deteriorate our souls. And we have lost the will to fight for freedom that once was prominent in our nation. And what set us apart among all other nations in the world was our desire to be free. What made people like my parents want to come to America is was the ability to be free. Not the ability to come here and just be given wealth. It was the ability to be able to come and work hard and succeed on your own merits or fail on your own merits. Now government tries to tell you is that nobody should fail. Everybody gets the award for participation. Everybody should be successful. But how do you do that? You can't. You can't survive on other people's money because as a motivated person who generates decent wealth in my life, I'm not going to work hard if government takes everything away and gives it to people who don't. It's just, where's my motivation? Where's my ability to improve my life if I have to improve everybody else's around me? See, this is a difference. What we ask for, we might get, folks. When you ask politicians to spread the wealth, when your time for wealth comes, they're going to spread yours too. Look around you. Find something that is common between you and your neighbor. Work on commonalities, not on differences. Work on uniting, not on separating. And then work on changing our government and getting rid of the fools that are trying to destroy civil behavior behavior and civil dialogue in this nation, folks. If we don't stand up and say no, and I've been saying this for 15 years and not enough people are doing it, if we don't stand up and say enough is enough and draw that line, line in the sand, and with many people it's this vaccine mandate. If we don't draw that line in the sand and say you can't cross this, if you cross this, we're going to war. And then we honestly have to go to war. It is far past the time where we keep backing up and drawing new lines. Okay, well, if you cross this one, okay, you crossed it. Now let me back up a little. If you cross this one, I'm going to get mad. Okay, you crossed it. I'm going to back up more. We have to stand strong. We have to stand firm and we have to stand together. United, we will stand. Divided, we will fall. Government knows that. Politicians know that. The media knows that. That's why they try so hard to separate us. You're listening to the Disciples of Liberty. Are you a disciple or a fool? 
on the America Out Loud Network. Make sure you share shows like this. Make sure you share the message. Make sure when you have conversations in 2022 that you have adult conversations. Don't get angry. Don't yell. Don't start a fight. And share everything you hear. Find hosts on this station you love to listen to that educate, inform, enhance your life. If you have show concept ideas, email me, Tim Alders. That's two A's, A-A-L-D-E-R-S. You can see my name right there on the site with my photo. Till the next half of this show, God love you. God bless. See you on the flip side. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, Taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Liberty on the pursuit of 2022 is upon us. Happy New Year, my fellow Americans. Eleanor Roosevelt says the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. May you realize your dreams in the new year we trust. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. My fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, You were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list. And they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference.
All right, welcome back to the Disciples of Liberty. Hope you're having a fantastic day today. We were just talking about our republic. Why did our founding fathers choose a republic over a democracy? And why is it that so many politicians in office today throughout the United States want to change the narrative and start calling us a democracy? Well, if you look at it, and look at the reasons why democracies fail or incline towards illusionary namesake democracies, there are reasons. Now, people will say all forms of government will eventually fail. Um, governments fail when they lack the monopoly of force. They, uh, democracies fail specifically when there is an option to vote someone into the power, but lesser or no options to overturn the government in case of dissatisfaction by the elected representatives. This is the issues we have with what happened on January 6th, the narrative last year when they said it was an insurrection. In our republic, we have a right to overthrow our government. We have a right to dissent. We have a right to go against the status quo, although our government would rather us not have that right. Now, the democracy will fail at the hands of elected incumbents. That, are, that is our politicians, our, rep, our representatives in office, Republicans and Democrats. Um, this isn't anything recent. If you are not able to topple a dictator or a bad government, then you do not have a well-functioning government. And this is the reason, therefore, why the Founding Fathers made us a republic. Now, people are going to disagree on whether or not their elected officials have turned into dictators or rulers that are bad and evil for society. But the fact of the matter is, when our government riles people up to rebel, to riot on the streets of Seattle, on the streets of Oregon, on the streets of Minnesota, but then get mad when citizens peacefully march on the Capitol, that's an issue, folks. That is a problem. It's also been said and taught through almost every political class prior to liberals taking over that democracies will eventually lead to an oligarchy. When you look at this, when you can get a crowd of people to support a representative because that representative is promising to take away from certain members of society and give it to them, uh, that's when oligarchy and the rule of law gets totally thrown out of uh, the system, the whack. It, it's just not possible for you to operate a good government stealing from certain citizens to appease the massive. Um, and that's when you have, an oligarchy is when you have a small group of people controlling the government. Big pharma. You have the large corporations, which in retrospect, if you look at uh, the majority of the people, the numbers of people in the world and in the United States, the largest corporation, the Fortune you know, 20, 50, they are small in the overall scheme of things. So when you have businesses control a president, I think that was their problem with uh, President Trump is they could not control that man. And when you cannot control who you believe should be your puppet and your power, then that becomes an issue for people who want it. When you have institutions in a democracy 
like the judiciary, the regulatory institution, the state and local body uh, that are weak, forming a foundation for weaker access to education, health, and employment. It is when uh, trouble starts to happen in our nation. And so when you look at... um, when you look at what's going on in the nation today and our, our Supreme Court and our courts are controlled, our states are controlled, when the states were supposed to control the federal government, uh, we are creating future dictators in Washington, D.C., and that is what they want. And this is part of the reason they want the narrative to flip, okay? Because by calling it a democracy, they implant the message of a democracy into your mind to where people no longer believe that America is a constitutional republic. When you look at reformers, uh, when you look at uh, the founding fathers, you know, people will say they were revolutionaries or whatever, but they were reformers. Uh, Their goal was to establish a free government. Uh, They didn't want a democracy at all. They wanted a free government where the people ruled and where the people had options to retake the government if the government started acting poorly. They wanted the states to oversee the federal government. They wanted the cities and towns to oversee the states. They wanted the people to oversee their cities and towns. Government worked, in their opinion, from the bottom up, although in today's world, government tends to work from the top down. They force us, just like these uh, vaccine mandates. They're trying to force you to adhere to their wishes and to the wishes of the uh, majority that they have riled up with false information. The reformers of almost every successful revolution were middle-class people, They were the people who controlled maybe a small store, whatever. They were independent of the government. They didn't rely on the government for their sustenance, their daily bread. That is part of the reason the middle class in America has been under attack from our government for so long. Because if you can attack a government, if you can attack the people involved in revolutions, in changing what... what, who the reformers would be, then it fixes. Now, they will say that the middle class is a tool or an option for democracies. That's not the case. The the tool for democracies to turn into an oligarchy are the poor, the controllable. Uh, When you look at one person, one vote for every legal American citizen in our country, they're even trying to change that narrative and saying we should allow uh, the people who came into this country violating our laws to vote because they will vote for more entitlements from government. Now, people start to lose. Middle-class people throughout history have lost faith in the principles of democracy. Uh, You look at the principles of democracy, and and you can understand why nobody wants group rule, group think, uh, because if you can rile up people who feel they have less than other people, it is going to... um, It is going to stir up hate and anger towards those who are more successful in life. Uh, James Madison studied all forms of governments. He was sent hundreds of books by Thomas Jefferson when Jefferson resided in Paris. And that's why I uh, encourage you to start reading 
the Jefferson Library. Um, he read books, books by Voltaire, by Mabley, by Necker, by D. Ablon. Uh, these were memoir, memoirs of histories set in different 11 volumes. Um, they included books on political theory, the law of nations, histories, uh, 37-volume encyclopedia works by those people I just listed. Madison came to a very critical observation before we tried to create our form of government as a constitutional republic, and that was that all democracies fail. He pointed out that the fundamental dilemma people in acquiring liberty create factions, and factions destroy liberty. What is it our government's trying to do? They're trying to create factions. You have the poor, you have the middle class, you have the wealthy elite. They're also trying to create factions with the Black Lives Matter, with uh, Latinos, with Asians, with white people. They're trying to separate us into factions because if you can separate factions um, and get a number of citizens, whether amounting to a majority or a minority on the whole, but they're vocal, who are united by some common impulse of passion or interest adverse to the rights of other citizens or to the permanent and um, aggregate interests of the community, then we have a problem. And Hamilton wrote this um, out. He said, the problem starts with the very nature of man. This was Hamilton. Men are ambitious, vindictive, and rapturous. They have a desire for wealth or possessions for others' possessions, not just their own. Madison said the latent causes of factions are thus sown into the nature of man. It's hard to change nature, correct? And we see them everywhere, brought into different degrees of activity according to the different circumstances of what would be a civil society without factions. Hamilton once again said, quote, a spirit of faction which is apt to mingle in poison in the deliberations of all bodies of men will often hurry the person of whom they are composed into improprieties and excesses for which they would blush in a private capacity. A successful faction may erect a tyranny on the ruins of order and law. So that is what our politicians by relabeling America as a democracy have done. They have riled up crowds, the Black Lives Matter who tore down and burned cities, Antifa who burned down and tore down cities. And this is why constitutional conservatives such as myself wanted to peacefully march on Washington, D.C. because we wanted them to know that they could no longer steal our constitutional republic. Now, we had a constitutional convention, and it struggled long and hard about how to solve the issues of factions in a democracy. How do you cut out the factions from growing um, a foothold in America today? The founders thought that the proposed constitution had it important features that would help control factions and destroy any democracy that tried to rise up. Um, When... um, People of power seek to destroy a nation. They seek to destroy the laws that prevent them from destroying the nature. When percentages of citizens of this country know the important features put into the Constitution to control factions but not destroy the people's liberty in the process, uh, 
The problem with this is that probably only less than 5% understand why the Constitution was created and gave the power to the people. Now, politicians also recognize that public education would help increase that percentage of people who understand the fundamentals of how our republic was supposed to be structured and how that structure protected their liberty. That is why education was at the forefront of being attacked by Marxist, socialist, communists in our nation. And that is why you do not find the Constitution taught correctly in public schools today. Democracies don't work. If that's the case, and that is the case of the founders, and they they recognize that democracies didn't work, why is it so many people in American politics want to call us a democracy? Our government is not a democracy. Our founding fathers, as I've said multiple times on this show, were skeptical. And Thomas Jefferson was paranoid of the tyranny of the the masses. The foundation of a democracy is the assumption that all votes are equal. Well, that's the theory. But in fact, it's rarely so, more on the latter. It assumes that all opinions are worth the same which is quite a big leap of faith since we're putting the same value on opinions of the educated and the ignorant and the law-abiding citizens and those who entered our country illegally. This is the problem that Democrats and many Republicans do not understand. One vote right, but, but ignorant people can be swayed by promises of handouts and our government utilizes that constantly. Even if you believe, as a conservative, that all people are created equal, it's obvious that the environments of people in our society today are very different. As a result, so is their character. By assuming that all opinions are equal, you're also assuming that most people are able to reach a rational, informed decision after seriously exploring all the pros and cons. COVID has proved that that's an impossibility in our nation today. Most people don't reach a rational decision by um, exploring options. They reach it by what media tells them is their opinion. We are now being told what our opinion should be, and we buy into it. A A common criticism of democracy is that in the end, it devolves into a popularity contest. Polls don't decide who is right. That's simply decided by whoever is most willing to say what people want to hear. And right now, that's currently the Democrats. As a result, many candidates to political office result to populism, pursuing policies that focus on the immediate satisfaction of whims of the ignorant more so than long-term improvements in our country. Populist leaders like Biden, like Pelosi, like Mitt Romney on the Republican side, like Obama, they focus on emotion before any kind of reason or common sense, over any kind of academic wisdom. And they often produce bad ideas that will be defended with the stubbornness of a mule of ignorance. Let's be honest here. Mankind has not evolved much since the Stone Age. Yes, we have tamed the forces of nature. We've discovered many things like the cell phone and computers and the internet. And business is amazing. 
But human nature remains the same, more or less. We still think in tribal terms. My people versus your people. Call it class struggle. Call it nationalism. Whatever you want to call it, call it. The thing is that most of us identify with one group or another. And almost every meaningful group has alliances with other groups. This is part of human nature and can work peacefully or not. In a democracy, tribal mentality is very, very dangerous because it will make you vote for your team instead of voting according to the issues or something that can improve our nation. That means that whoever leads your team, even if it's an ble- uh, uh, idiot like Biden, can rest assured that they have your vote. And instead of focusing on your interests, they can proceed to deal with their own. Unfair legislation can be passed if there are vocal groups in the minority um, that will oppress the majority because they're willing to get out there and cause violence. Corruption is also very um, prolific in a democracy. And in fact, it can be argued that democracies tends to be less prone to um, honesty and more prone to corruption than any other system since it leaves open the possibility of injecting someone um, into office that doesn't care about improving the lives of everybody but only a select few. And also one of the flaws of democracy is you can't eject from government those that are doing this. In America today, other than a revolution, we cannot change Washington, D.C. This can, corruption can be as simple as paying money to someone in exchange for their vote or giving someone a job in the office of a politician who commands the machine or give them promises of entitlements. Um, and that is a side effect of democracy that causes democracies to fail because In order to keep a democracy going, you have to honor your entitlement promises. You have um, people out there telling other people, yes, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you that. But in order to do it, you have to take it from another um, section of society, and that eventually runs out. So if a politician stops providing what they've promised, They just made a large number of deadly foes that are the um, not-so-intelligent in society that um, feel that they are owed from government. And this leads to mob rule. Uh, Unrestricted democracy, which our politicians are trying to do, mean that a vocal minority can decide over the majority because they're willing to resort to um, violence. And the smaller the majority is, the more violent they have to become. Uh, To account for this problem, mature um, republics created a rule of law, a set of checks and balances, in an attempt to make sure that this didn't happen in America. That is why the first thing that came under attack in our nation was the separation of powers um, on the federal and on the state level. That is why they gave the vote for senators to the public instead of the states. Now, when dictatorships fail, um, it's fairly easy to hold someone accountable for any crime committed by the state. 
it's certainly easier than in the democracy the Democrats and some Republicans are pushing on our nation today. Since in our government, the officials have been elected by the people. So if those officials have committed a crime in opposition to their official platform and without the knowledge of the public, it simply falls on others in office to hold them accountable. But if they're committing the same crime, they will not do it. They look at it as your fault. You're the people who voted for them. So they must be innocent. You must be guilty. And they get a free slate and a free start over. Almost every politician we have in office today has a dirty little skeleton in the cup, uh, cupboard. It's, it's hiding in their, their, their closet. They believe that they are morally superior than you. Um, do you have a right to know? Well, that's what the news used to try and do. It used to inform you what was going on in government. Now it doesn't. Now it informs you what government wants you to hear. Uh, they even use spying and covert operations to go against people like me who want to um, change our government back to the original intent of our Constitution. So we've discussed how democracies are unsustainable. It can't work. There's no way a democracy can work. The millennials that were raised up in our liberal education system uh, need a reality check, and they're not going to get it. And... Democratic countries, your vote only measures up against other votes in your district. So if your district runs a majority system and you vote for a losing runner, then your vote was useless. And this is what they want you to believe, that your vote is useless. And after the 2020 elections, we know that our votes were pretty much useless, right? A pure democracy cannot work. This isn't a personal opinion by me. It's a mathematical result of Arrow's impossibility theorem. According to this theorem, so long as there are more than two candidates, there is no possible voting system that can ensure the satisfaction of three crucial criteria for fairness. If every voter prefers alternative X over alternative Y, then the group refers to X over Y, but Y could be just as bad and it becomes a popularity vote of which evil you're selecting. If every voter's preference is X and Y remains unchanged, then the group's preference between X and Y will also remain unchanged. So how does government get you to hate X over Y? Well, they feed you misinformation through, through the news. They vilified Trump for four years to get people to hate him so bad that they would accept a criminal family organization as our president over somebody they felt was a mean person. You have the politicians playing uh, a game with your lives. You are becoming a pawn in a power struggle between corporations, between Big Pharma, between um, the military-industrial complex, between Republicans and democracies, uh, Democrats. We have very little option to stand up against this machine. But we try. Here on America Out Loud, we are trying to wake you up to the fact that uh, America is under attack. Your very liberties are under attack. Your very children and grandchildren have been bankrupted by politicians that you placed in office. How is that fair, folks? Ask yourself, how is that fair?
but you will continue to allow it to happen because nobody wants to admit that they voted for the full in office. Now, there are lots of radio hosts on the America Out Loud Network. Find those that match your passions, your desires. But the one thing that matters the most is we are a nation based on a rule of law and how do we gain back control? To keep shows like this on the air, if you're a coffee drinker and you like good coffee, premium coffee, go to heavensbrew.com. Heavensbrew.com donates a large percentage of the profits back to this network so that this network can remain on the air bringing you information that is valuable to what's going on. Folks, this is why I want you to become a disciple of liberty. This is why I want you to fight for freedom. This is why I want you to stand by my side and stand by the side of the Founding Fathers. Until next time, take care. God bless. God love you. Look down deep into my eyes.